This is the Making Waves podcast sponsored by Ripple Effect. My name is Dave Ropeman, and we're here with Austin Goss, reporter from the Dakota Scout. Welcome. Thanks so much, Dave, for having me. Thank you. We're down here at uh, Caribou Coffee. Beautiful conference room right off, the, uh, right off the main room. I don't know you could rent this room, but... Well, technically, if we didn't pay for it. You can book this You can book this room as long as you buy a latte. Ah, there you go. Well, easy party. So you're a political reporter in South Dakota. Could you kind of give us an overview of how political reporting works, so the history of political reporting in South Dakota? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think what's kind of unique about South Dakota political reporting, it, it's just basically just to, just to start the geography of the state. I mean, you have Sioux Falls, of course, which is three hours from here, about some change. And then you have, of course, Rapid City the other way. And then just in the middle of the state is Pierre. And, and there are certainly reporters there, which I would include myself and a couple others, um, you know, only a few of which cover politics. But it's obviously very just difficult proximity to get to Pierre when there's press conferences or things like that. Just, just what, I think it was about a week ago, uh, the Attorney General had a press conference at the state capitol. And I was the only one in the room. So it's when things come up like that, and of course during session people come up for those things, but it is interesting compared to other state capitals across the country um, where there are a little more metropolitans, and I'm thinking not even massive ones like Austin, Texas, or Madison, Wisconsin, but even even states like South Carolina, Columbia is a very big suburb, Tallahassee, Florida, a very big city, of course Atlanta, Montgomery, Alabama, you look at these capitals, it's a little more ingratiated into the culture, it's the politics, versus peer uh, is so far geographically from this, the, where the populations of South Dakota are on the opposite sides of the state that it sort of uh, inclines itself to less, uh, maybe rigorous political coverage. You find that there's less people there. Nationally, there's going to be a little less coverage. And it's, and it's a smaller state. Uh, there's less population. And by extension, I think there's less things going on. And thankfully, we have a citizen legislature that's only there part-time, you know, three months of the year, as everyone's familiar. And that's very different from states like Pennsylvania, Texas, Wisconsin, like we listed before, where they're a little more, uh, they're full-time, they have staffs. Uh, and so, again, that inclines itself to have less going on. Uh, I, it's a unique state, I think, especially too with the, the, the one-party rule that we have with the Republican Party in the state. Uh, it makes it a little more quiet. Uh, you find that there's a little less news when there's one party and not so much an infighting dynamic. Uh, in fact, a lot of the coverage comes down, as you're well aware, we just had last week the uh, Democratic recall of the chair. I mean, a lot of the, the sort of controversies of that nature come up interparty. It's a unique state. I think the the small rural nature of it, and the and especially the very different East River West River divide, and what kind of makes people tick on each side of the state makes it that much more interesting when you get to peer. I can see that would be a challenge with less to report on. Why would you need a lot of political reporting? Right, and, and again, like I said, you know, you find that there are less things because it is such a small state. We have a citizen legislature. It's one party rule. So there's not a lot of going back and forth and back and forth. I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a naturally a good thing that our state government, our law, our lawmakers want to come back here less often. You don't find that they return a lot. You know, I was paying attention to the news in Texas the other day, using that as a reference point because I, I covered the legislature there. But, you know, they've gone, come back already for like four special sessions this year. And I mean, some of them are like cut property taxes, things people would generally agree with, no matter their political affiliation. And certainly in South Dakota, I like that idea. Yeah, I think people do like that idea. But, you know, it's it's like, man, that's a lot of special sessions to come back for. And we just don't have that sort of culture. I, I, I wouldn't use the word apathetic, but I think people are very content to be left alone and live where they live and not have to hear a lot about their state government unless they have to. I, and certainly I think that's changed in more recent years uh, with, the, with the national popularity of our governor. Um, 
you know, the sort of intense national uh, interest in politics, I think, has trickled down to state politics in the in the post-Trump era, especially with Republicans. But that's I still think it holds true that it, it tends to be a little more quiet. And that certainly doesn't mean it does not necessitate coverage. Uh, it does. And I think we have a lot of really good reporters covering the state capitol, especially the scout. But, um, you know, just to say that's an important point. Uh, as a conservative, I want to leave other people alone and I want them to leave me alone. However, also where that the price of uh, freedom is eternal vigilance. Right. And that's part of what we need to do is have good political reporting as part of vigilance. And, you know, I think in South Dakota, there is there's a, a sort of a, a mindset. We talked a little bit about this before the podcast of a sort of general uh, sort of independent streak of thought amongst Republicans and especially amongst conservatives. Uh, you know, you feel that in small town. People want to be left alone. They don't want to uh, hear about what's going on in peer. As long as it's not stepping on their toes, they don't show up. And you see that with a lot of bills that go through their routine. There's not a lot of controversy. In it. But when something does rub people all away, I think of a couple of years ago, we had the, uh, you might remember this, they had the Custer State Park campground bill. And they would have built, they would have built public campgrounds in, in Custer. I've never seen anything like that, even compared to 1080, the cross-sex hormone bill this year. People took saw that bill. These normally apolitical campground owners or people like Custer from out in that part of the state saw that bill and were so frustrated that they showed up. And that's what it took. It was people showing up for something that they were concerned about, frustrated about. But other than that, people generally here like to be left alone. And I think that sort of trickles down into the way that the state operates politically and also what that kind of uh, directs the currents of new. That, that is a very fair point is uh, concerns need to show up if they want to continue to have serve right you know i mean i i think it's very easy to get apathetic in a in a very deeply red state and i'm sure the same thing's true in us states like california or otherwise uh, mm-hmm. uh that are very blue on the opposite side but i think uh you know the day belongs to the people who show up uh right and it's easy to get apathetic i would assume about the political makeup of south dakota and think it'll never change but it's really not that long ago we had statewide elected democrats it was within our lifetimes it wasn't long ago like i said that worked very hard too yeah yeah it was i mean and that's the thing that dashwell was an institution in south dakota and still really is in a lot of ways uh and certainly was an institutional washington and so you know it was a lot of hard work and i think you mentioned this beforehand but since that through dashwell race things have sort of the general interest in politics in south dakota has declined which is not necessarily a bad thing again i think people just like to be left alone Certainly, you know, it's it's not a guarantee that South Dakota would stay a red state forever. Um, people change and places change and ideals change. And I think you see that across the country. Again, vigilance. Vigilance. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you work for the Scout, the Dakota Scout. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. What does the Scout do? Uh, so the Dakota Scout is sort of this alternative newspaper that Jonathan Ellis and Joe Zini started last year, last September, shortly before the elections. And th- th- basically, the goal is sort of just to provide a, uh, you know, this, a different voice, a different sort of news option for people, uh, especially as you've seen across the state, not just with the Argus Leader, but with the Rapid City Journal as well, and in other major cities in South Dakota, just the decline of the traditional newspaper. I think, and I think they both believe that that's not so much to do with a lack of interest in news, and certainly not a lack of interest in what's going on in communities, and not just political, but just in communities. More so just the uh, sort of outsourcing of the resources to make those papers go. And, you know, there's those, the two major newspapers in the state right now are owned by out-of-state corporations who have moved a lot of those operations out of the state as well. And as a result, I think that the product reflects that. And um, you can feel that with other news outlets, not just the papers in the state. 
Uh, and I think what the scout is doing is sort of re-locally sourcing a lot of those news options. I mean, everything that goes into the scout happens in South Dakota, whether it's the printing or the reporting, there's no out-of-state coverage from the scout um, or no out-of-state work really done for the scout. And uh, that reflects in the product. You want people who live in your community and are a part of your community to cover your community. And you want that to be reflected in their business decisions. And I think that's what we're doing. I mean, that's why I'm a subscriber. That's right. Well, I appreciate it. Where do you see uh, political reporting in South Dakota going? What is the future, do you think? I think what we're going to see, and you've certainly seen this, I think with the advent of our paper, we're very, very fortunate to have the support that we do. And, and with the advent of uh, outlets like the uh, South Dakota Searchlight, which has also done a very good job in South Dakota, uh, is it's going to continue to move towards a more independent option. I, I think, of course, these institutional papers and communities like Oneida and Highmore and Millbridge are going to continue to exist, but you know, there's it, these the sort of statewide shift is going to be towards more independent. Uh, it's it's going to come back to the communities. I think I think people are still craving the news. They still want to know why is Forty First Street have so much construction. They still want to know uh, who's going to be the next mayor of my town. But the options that have gotten uh, that have typically gotten them that information are disappearing. And I think you're seeing this on the national level too, sort of a shift from, you know, our alliance on traditional news media to outlets that operate out of Substack or reporters who used to be at the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post are now moving to independent outlets or doing their own thing or starting their own podcast. A good example, I think, is Megan Kelly. Look at Megan Kelly. She was mm-hmm. you know, the prime time number one host on Fox News, and now she has incredibly successful podcasts that she started on her own and does her own thing. As popular as before, if not more. Uh, she has a lot more leeway to say whatever she wants. And I, and I think the same thing is happening in South Dakota. You're seeing a sort of a shift towards more privately owned, more independently driven news outlets. And I think it's good. That's why most of the people I read are on Substack. Right. Same. I mean, it's, it's you know, I think that when you're not answering, and this is true uh, if you own a franchise for a restaurant or if you own any sort of franchise, if you work for anyone, the more people you have to answer to, sort of the less independent independence you have over your product uh and i think you feel that in news this seems like a positive development for political reporting i'd rather have more independent voices where i can uh, know the person who's doing the reporting rather than having staff reporting or having a, a group think situation in, in a major newspaper uh, what right and, and like i said i mean i i do think south Dakota is very independent uh generally sometimes can be a little more politically apathetic at times but there is still a, a craving for legitimate news reporting, legitimate stories coming out of here or Sioux Falls or Rapid City or Watertown and Aberdeen. And a lot of these communities don't have that anymore. And so I think this the shift is coming back and I, I think it's an exciting development for South Dakota. Well, thank you for being with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, David.